Hi, it's Katherine Watson, and this is the Life After 50 show. I'm happy to be here today with you on this Monday. It's kind of gloomy here in Houston, but that's okay. I am here uh, to talk to you about a very important topic. Unfortunately, my guest is having some technical difficulties getting onto the show, but that's okay. Uh, we'll go ahead and get started, and hopefully she'll be able to join us in the middle of the show. So again, I'm Katherine Watson. I am the owner of Find Houston Senior Care, our sponsor today. Find Houston Senior Care is a web directory that uh, gives you the option to search for any kind of senior care or senior living you might need in the greater Houston area. So if you're looking for a home care company or an assisted living or a residential care home or an elder law attorney or something else, you can probably find it on Find Houston Senior Care. I'm also the author of Help My Parents Are Aging and Help I Can't Do This Alone, both of those books can be found on Amazon. And we're here today to talk about dementia. Okay, it's a big topic for a lot of us. And let me just go ahead and change the screen here so you can see a little more of me. So the topic today is, can someone with dementia stay living in their own home? And this is an interesting topic. I'm sorry our guest wasn't able to join us, uh, but I do have a lot of experience with this. Uh, my mother had severe dementia. She lived in her home almost until the very end. Um, she spent, I think, two days in a nursing home, uh, but that was because we had run out of funds. But she did stay at home with dementia, and I'll tell you how that worked and why it worked and why it wasn't an option for my mother-in-law, who also had severe dementia. So the first thing I want to do is invite anybody who's listening to please put your comments below. If you have a question, if you want to uh, just make a statement, a comment about this, maybe you have some experience, please uh, feel free to put it in the comments below. I'll try to pay attention to the comments and go ahead and answer those questions for you. So I'm going to give you a little bit of an overview. Let's talk about dementia first, because this is a term that sometimes causes confusion for people. They, they're not sure whether it's the same thing as Alzheimer's or if Alzheimer's is something different from dementia. What I want you to understand is that dementia is like an umbrella term. Okay, there are many different types of dementia. Alzheimer's is one of them. And it is uh, probably the most common type of dementia. But there are also other dementias like vascular dementia, frontotemporal dementia, Lewy body dementia. There's a lot of different types out there that you may have not even heard of. Um, the list goes really long. I think there's hundreds of them. So understanding a little bit more about the different types of dementia and what type your loved one has can make the difference in whether someone is going to be able to live at home alone. 
okay? And and really, they're not going to probably be able to live at home completely alone, right? They're going to need some help. Hi, Manja. Glad to have you on the show. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to put them in here. Appreciate you coming. Um, so there's many different types, right? And they're all very different. Uh, some dementias, uh, you think more about the memory. They forget things. They forget who they are. They maybe forget who you are. Um, it's all about memory. But memory isn't the only thing that's affected. It's the whole cognitive ability. So someone with dementia may no longer be able to balance their checkbook. They may not uh, even understand really what they're supposed to do with their checkbook. Uh, they may not be able to handle their bills. As such, they would need somebody to help them with those tasks, those daily tasks. So it's important to uh, think about that and to learn about the type of dementia you have or your loved one has. And I would I would suggest that if you're confused about that, um, maybe you've been to your doctor, maybe you haven't, um, maybe the doctor hasn't really been able to give you any answers. Take it a step further. Ask your doctor if you're going to a regular general practitioner or an internal medicine guy, ask them for a referral to a neurologist. Um, and if you want to find a, a great resource to help you find a good neurologist that works with dementia, contact the Alzheimer's Association. The Alzheimer's Association here in Houston has a wealth of resources. Um, they have caregiver support groups. They have um, they do classes. They have workshops. They have people who can sit down and talk with you. They even have a twenty four hour helpline. So that's something that you really want to tap into, um, the Alzheimer's Association. And if there's anybody listening that has that link to the um, Alzheimer's Association, if you would just put that up in the comments, I would really appreciate it. And that way I can show it to everybody that's listening to this show. If not, I'll put it in the comments after the show. So finding out the type of dementia is critical. That's going to really help determine. Uh, somebody with Lewy body dementia may have a lot of hallucinations and delusions. Uh, this could cause a lot of, lot of uh, real issues. Um, uh, I remember talking with a lady uh, a number of years ago, and uh, at the time, she did not know what type of dementia. She she just assumed everything was Alzheimer's. And so she said her mom had Alzheimer's. Uh, it turned out she had Lewy body's dementia. But when she talked to me, she told me that her mom kept seeing people in the mirror. And, and she would get all upset because she said there were strangers in her house. And then she started seeing them in the car when she was driving. And when she told me that, I just wanted to, I just wanted to cry. I mean, this woman should not have been driving. Um, can you imagine driving down the road and looking in your rearview mirror and thinking that there's a stranger in your back seat because you don't recognize your own reflection? And that happens. So these are things you want to pay attention to. 
let's look at some of the ways that dementia can work at home. Uh, now there are so many different uh, tools out there that we can use uh, to uh, help us manage dementia at home. Uh, a lot of times with dementia, one of the big concerns if a family caregiver is taking care of somebody in their home, uh, a lot of times they complain that they're not getting enough sleep. They're exhausted because the person with dementia is getting up and down all night or they're wandering the house or they're afraid that they might wander and they're afraid they might go outside. So having your home secured is number one making sure you have a good security system on in place so that if the doors open, uh, your alarm goes off and you can go and check on your loved one and make sure that they're safe. Um, having a uh, alarm next to the bed is also something that can be done. There are pads that you can put next to the bed. So when the person with dementia gets out of the bed and steps on that pad, an alert goes off for the caregiver. So they're aware and they can, they can then uh, get, get up and, and help them. Now you have to, you have to know one thing about people with dementia, especially in the early stages. They can be quite clever. Okay. They're not stupid. Just because they have dementia does not mean they're stupid. They can be very clever. And I had a, a lady that I talked to, her dad would step over the pad because he knew that pad was going to alert her. So he started stepping over the pad. So these are all things that you have to think about. You have to consider support for the caregiver. This is a huge one. Dementia is a, um, a disease that is not easily managed by one person, okay? So if you have someone living with you that has dementia, you're gonna need help, okay? Maybe not as much in the beginning. As the dementia progresses, you will need help and you will need more help as time goes on. So it's very, very important that caregivers understand this and know this. And it's very, very important that they take the time to uh, reach out and get the support they need. If you have family members that can help, great, wonderful. Ask them for help. Accept their help. I see a lot of times caregivers that just don't, uh, don't ask for help or they don't accept help when help is offered. Um, it's very common and I've, I've done it too. We all do it. Oh, it's okay. I can handle it. I can do it. We become the martyr and that doesn't serve anybody. It doesn't serve you. And it certainly doesn't serve the person that you're caring for because they deserve somebody that is energetic, fun, happy, feeling good. And if you are sleep deprived, if you are not getting enough rest, if you are overworked and exhausted and you're not having any downtime or fun time, you're not going to be that person for them, are you? So it's really important to make sure that you reach out and get the care and the help that you need. Now, there's a website I love called Lots of Helping Hands. 
And it's a place where you can set up and it's no charge. So a family can set up um, a list of tasks and um, things that they need to help support them. And I highly suggest that you do this. And then you invite your family, your friends, your church members, whoever you can get that will be a part of your care team to be in there. Then on top of that, I really suggest that you also hire some help. help, Okay. You can't always count on family and friends to be there when you need them to be there. You need to know that every Wednesday you're going to have the afternoon off. You need to know that for your peace of mind. So reach out, talk to some home care companies. And we've got some listed on Find Houston Senior Care. Um, If you're in another area, maybe you're listening from Ohio or somewhere else, then, you know, look in your area. But find a home care company uh, that can come in and help support you. And yes, there is a cost involved. But what is the cost of your help? What is the cost of your loved one's peace of mind and your peace of mind? What is the cost worth? So I highly recommend if there's any way you can do that to get some help. So again, let's go back and talk about um, dementia. And we've talked about the different types. There's many different types of dementia. And they're going to give you different um, different types of behaviors and things that may happen in the course of dementia. But dementia is a progressive disease. You need to understand that. And it's a disease that can go on for a very, very long time. So it's not uncommon for someone to care for someone with dementia for 5, 10, even as many as 20 years if they've developed uh, dementia early on. So you're in it for the long haul. You've got to have the support. Again, I highly, highly urge you to reach out to your Alzheimer's Association. They're going to have a huge array of resources and information for you. Go on the Find Houston Senior Care website. Um, I have a lot of resources there, a lot of information Uh, All of these videos that I do each week, and I've interviewed people from the Alzheimer's Association, the Ombudsman's Program, um, and lots of different other organizations that can help you. So you're going to want to listen to some of those. You need to get educated. The more you know, the more you'll be able to help someone that you love possibly live at home alone. Okay, so we talked about having a security system in the house. That's important, right? Because we all have seen the silver alert signs on the freeway when somebody, an an elder, elderly person or somebody with dementia or or some type of uh, dementia like Alzheimer's or another type has gotten lost. And it's scary. It's really scary for the family and nobody wants their family member to be up on one of those billboards. So it's important to have uh, things in place. And the security system is the first thing you want to get in place. You want to look at um, things like the, um, the pad next to the bed. 
Um, there's lots of wearables. Also, there's uh, bracelets and there's necklaces and things like that that will help track somebody with dementia should they get lost. And just because you have a security system on the house, it doesn't hurt to have one of these on the person as well. Because let's face it, somebody might forget to turn on the security system one day. Maybe they turned it off for a reason and, and they forgot to turn it back on. Maybe the power goes out and it's off. There's lots of different things that could happen. Be prepared, be ready in case of that. So I talked to you at the beginning about my mom and my mother-in-law, two very different scenarios. My mother-in-law had, um, well, let's start with my mom. My mom had um, some mild dementia uh, for a number of years. Uh, she lived at home alone, but I had a sister in town who was in outside sales and she would pop in uh, once or twice a day, usually, just to see how mom was doing. She'd bring her her medication. Mom had stopped driving. Um, she'd bring her to the doctors if she needed to. Um, it wasn't ideal. Uh, I'm sure it was very stressful for her because she was trying to juggle a job and take care of her elderly mom as well. But it did work. Um, my mom's funds, her income was very low, and there wasn't a whole lot of money to pay for a lot of help, and we knew that. Um, so she did live at home alone. She had uh, six kids. Uh, only one of them lived in town, so she did the brunt of the work. And then she had uh, myself and another sister lived in Houston, and mom lived in Louisiana. We would come back and forth. My brothers lived uh, in other cities in Louisiana and they would pop in. So at least every weekend, somebody was there from the family um, and we helped her with grocery shopping and we helped her with cooking and things like that. So it worked. She also was a very smart woman in that she had made a lot of friends who were young. Uh, most of her friends were 10, 15, 20 years younger than her. So this meant that they were still mobile. They were still uh, in pretty good health and they could come and visit with her and they could come and take her places. And that made a difference in her being able to live in her home alone. Now, at, at a certain point, mother ended up in the hospital with a blood clot and Unfortunately, through a series of events, um, she was over medicated in the hospital and she her dementia went into uh, a severe state and she came out of the hospital severe with severe dementia. Uh, she was pretty much bed bound for the next uh, almost two years of her life. And at that point, things had to change. Um, we decided we wanted to keep her at home. Uh, there was my two sisters and my and myself uh, that could help, and we hired an outside caregiver. So this is uh, what we were able to do. We were able to uh, keep her in her home. We used Dad had set up a reverse mortgage, and we used the funds from that reverse mortgage to pay for that outside caregiver to come in, and she came in. Uh, Monday at noon to Friday at noon. And then my sisters and I took turns on the weekends with the sister that living in lived in town. 
her task was to take care of just popping in during the week and making sure that everything was, was taken care of. Uh, so it worked. Was it ideal? No. Was it perfect? No. But it did work. We were able to make it work until we finally ran out of money the last few days of her life. My mother-in-law, on the other hand, only had two children. One lived in North Carolina, and my husband and I lived in Houston, and she lived in Louisiana. So we were about four and a half hours away. There was no option for keeping her at home when she started developing uh, dementia symptoms. Her symptoms were uh, a little bit more profound than my mother's. My mother's were more uh, forgetfulness um, and things like that. But with my mother-in-law, um, it escalated a little bit. Um, she not only forgot, but she would do things like she would hide jewelry and then she would accuse somebody of stealing it. Or she would say that it had gotten stolen out of her car while she was at the hairdresser. And she'd call the police even and file a report. Uh, she got lost one day in a subdivision that she had been in. Oh, my gosh. She'd lived in that town for over 60 years. She knew that subdivision like the back of her hand. She was going to visit a friend whose home she'd been to numerous times, and she was unable to reach them. So uh, it just, you know, she had a lot more symptoms going on that prevented her from being able to really live totally independently. But the main thing was there was no family close by to keep an eye on her like my mom had. My mom had my sister in town close by to keep an eye on her. So my mother-in-law ended up moving and we moved her to Houston. Unfortunately, like most families do, we moved after a crisis happened. She fell and broke her pelvic bone. And so we were uh, forced to move her. We did, however, move her into an independent living facility. And uh, we brought in home care and we were very close. My husband and I were about 20 minutes away and we could pop in several times during the day. So my husband might pop in in the morning. I might pop in in the afternoon. And then we had caregivers that showed up in the morning, at lunchtime and at dinner. The independent living community supplied all of her meals, transportation, and activities. So that worked out really good. And she was able to stay independent, not in her own home, but in a home that she could call her own for a while. But it didn't last because the dementia escalated. She began to fall. Even though she had a button around her neck to call for help, she would forget that she had that button. And she would either lay on the floor for hours or she would crawl out into the hall in the middle of the night hollering for help. And so we realized this was no longer working and it was time to move. And this is what you have to look at. You have to look at what you can do as a family, what resources you have, who can help. Do you have lots of family members and, and friends that are willing to and can help? Great. You're going to be able to keep mom at home longer 
Do you have plenty of funds or do you have a long-term care policy that's going to pay for home care? Great. You're going to be able to keep mom at home a lot longer. I'm a firm believer that the longer you can keep somebody at home, the better off they're going to be. But you have to be real about it too. You have to look at what the situation is, what's really going on, and the best that you can do for the person that you care about. So you want them to be safe, you want them to be happy, and you want them to be well cared for. These are the criteria. So you're going to have to look at that. And you have to look at your situation too, because dementia is a whole family situation. It's a disease like every disease. If somebody has cancer, the whole family is affected. If somebody has dementia, the whole family is is affected. It doesn't just affect the person with dementia. The whole family situation and dynamics has to be looked at. And that's going to make the difference in whether your mom can stay home or not. And if you've decided to keep her at home, as long as you can, more power to you, kudos. But make sure that you take care of you. Make sure that you get the resources to help you that you need. So if you have a brother that lives out of town and he cannot come in or he won't come in or for whatever reason he's not coming in to help, ask him, could he kick in a few bucks? to hire a caregiver to come once a week so you have the afternoon off, okay? Let him do that for you. If you don't ask, you will never know. Don't assume that somebody will not do something. A lot of times the family members that live far away, they want to help, but they just don't know how. And it's our job as a caregiver to help show them the way, show them what we can do. So I have managed to last this whole 30 minutes by myself. I'm so sorry that Marie Youngblood was not able to join me on this call today. Um, Maybe we can do it another time. Uh, But I will be bringing you next week. We're going to have another show. And let me just bring up. uh, So next week, we are going to have uh, Medicare. We're going to have two ladies on that will talk to us about Medicare. And I really hope they don't have technical difficulties because that is not my expertise. So uh, we're going to be bringing on uh, Nicole Tessie and Jamie Spratley. Uh, They are going to be talking to us about Medicare, what you need to know for 2019. Um, You know, Medicare is a lot like Facebook. It changes constantly, right? But that keeps our brains sharp, right? Okay. So join us next week at 11 o'clock. And as always, you can go to findhoustonseniorcare.com. Click on Life After 50 Show. You can see all of the shows that you missed and uh, revisit those shows and get the information you need. I'm Katherine Watson. The show is hosted by Find Houston Senior Care, your number one resource in the greater Houston area for all things senior care and senior living. Thanks for coming today and have a great day.